The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Training camps are here. Football is back and the Pick 6 NFL podcast will be with you all preseason, just like they've been in your podcast inbox every day throughout the offseason. Join host Will Brinson daily to catch up on the latest from around the league with an added fantasy and gambling twist. Make sure that you're ready for the 2019 NFL season and download and subscribe to the Pick 6 podcast anywhere podcasts are found. And welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. And uh, as we sit here on this Thursday, it is a, a sad and reflective time because, Kyle, the major season for 2019 is complete. So I think that one of our goals for today is to, is to take a step back and try and digest everything that we had from, um, you know, when we've got the Tiger Woods early start with the Masters, then another early start, Shane Lowry. Our champions both had to dodge some some inclement weather or at least forecasts of it. Uh, in between, we get Brooks Kepka and Gary Woodland. We're going to be going through just sort of a, a big big review here of the entire major championship season. Uh, as, a, as a total, what are sort of your big – what are some of the big – ways that you try to define or wrap your arms around uh, the major season as we look back on it instantly? Well, I mean, I think it starts with Tiger and Kepka. Uh, those are kind of the names that we've we've talked about all year, at least within the major season. I think it's it's interesting because it's it's only like a it's like this really like fast hundred day sprint. And a lot has been written about this, and I want to talk about this here in a minute. But it's just like it feels like it's over with before it started. And it's only it's only a little it's only like a couple of weeks shorter, honestly, because normally we'd be I don't know it's about a month shorter. We'd be about a month away from the end of the PGA, maybe three weeks. Um, but it just it just happens so fast. And I guess we can talk about this now. There, there was an article uh, Associated Press did this thing on like just what guys are saying about this condensed schedule. And, uh, Francesco Molinari said, so here's a quote from Molinari. He said, uh, I feel like majors were coming almost too fast one after the other and to add the Olympic games. So next year the Olympics will be involved. It's not going to be an easy year for anyone. So that's how golf is right now. And we just need to make the most of it. And he also said, it seems like it seems yesterday we were playing Augusta and all of a sudden the four majors are gone. And Tommy Fleetwood said something similar. He's like, if you're not playing great, you don't have time to develop your game because you don't have that time to take periods off. Mm. You're, constant, you're constantly playing. You always have to turn up and perform with the way that it goes. The flip side of that is if you're playing great, you can you can pick off like two or, th- you know, like if you're a great player and you're playing really well, like Kepka, 
like you have a shot at winning like two out of four, maybe three out of four, something like that. Um, so I don't know. Did you like the condensed part of it? Yes, I did. Um, but that is mostly because it is allowed for like not feeling as though I'm scrambling. It's again, I'm sorry. Instant reaction, totally selfish. It's just nice not to be scrambling around the PGA in the midst of the lead up to college football season. Yeah, I agree. And, and here's the thing, like we talk about the, the majors in the same way we talk about the playoffs in other sports. So like NBA playoffs or major league baseball playoffs or whatever. And it's like, guess what those guys don't have time to do during the playoffs. They don't have time to figure their stuff out. You gotta, you gotta make it work, you know? And so I just, I don't know, like I'm in on it. I think it's great. I think that it makes, I think what it does is it makes the majors more important and it makes the other events less important, which you could argue that long term that's not great for the sport and it's not great for, you know, kind of the fringes. But I don't know, like if all we care about is the majors, then I think it's elevated them even more uh, based on the way that we view them. I agree with that. And this is a. Uh this is a situation where, you know, like it's country club individual sport partner, uh, you know, the tennis world, the, the tennis world is all about checking in on, like you do not get to set when the, the French, the Australian Wimbledon and the U S open are those dates are set and whatever form you have when you show up to the grounds is the form that you are going to have to be tested with. And sometimes I think back to, you know, this past Wimbledon, like, Serena Williams didn't have her best form. She ended up getting to the finals. That was great. But, you know, if you don't have your best form, it's difficult to have the expectations that you're going to be able to win. And that's where, you know, we might see this moving forward with Brooks Kepka, where his his major, he is the best major championship golfer of this era. And even without his best form, he could continue to roll off these top fives and top tens and continue to shatter all these records. But the challenge for him is going to be to be able to have his best form when that date comes, because that's going to be the only way that you can imagine being able to be uh, the winner in these scenarios. Yeah. It's like, it's not like you didn't know when the dates were. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, like, yes. And I, I think the thing for me is the rhythm to it feels better i think in terms of the order we're used to the the masters and then the u.s open and then the open and then the pga but this year's rhythm john feinstein wrote about this for golf digest and i thought it was smart like the the major season should end with the open i think i think that's great i think it's perfect like so the the rhythm of of players and then masters and then pga and then u.s open and then the open I think it's perfect. I love it. And if you if if your if your stance is like, you know, taking away this month of prep time, like the major season being a month shorter, I just I just don't know if I can win majors like that, then maybe you weren't ever going to win a major to begin with. <laughs> Did Feinstein include that in his article or is that a Kyle take? No, that's a me take. Yeah. Like what? I mean, I just uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I get what, what Fleetwood is saying. I get Justin Rose had this take also. I get what they're saying, but yeah, just figure it out. Like, well, I, I, 
I, I like the, uh, before we get too far, I love the Feinstein take because um, it does look at the Open Championship, which has been viewed from a lot of golf purists. I mean, it is the oldest championship. Um, and by a lot of golf purists, it is the like the grand championship of the world of golf, like truly in the global sense. And so let's have that as the finale. That is a triumphant finale to yeah. the major championship season uh, in a way that I do not think the PGA championship held that spot in the eyes of a lot of golf fans. Yeah, for sure. And and ju- to be fair, Justin Rose's point was like, I don't know that the FedEx cup should be dictating like w- when the, like the major season, which that's fair, right? Like if his whole thing was like, if we're judged on the majors, then why is the FedEx moving the FedEx cup? So you get more eyeballs on it. Why is that like uh, affecting like when these majors are played so much, which I mean, I, I, I get that. I just, I, I don't know that it is, that doesn't mean that the, that the new major schedule isn't also better. You know, hasn't Justin Rose won the FedEx cup. He won it last year. Yeah. WTF, man. WTF, mate. What's up with that? Uh, Why are you doing that, yes. Justin? So let's let's do this. Rank, give me your top. Okay, so rank just rank the majors this year, and, and not like let's go let's go best. Let's go just what was the best one, and what was like to the worst one. You want to go best to worst? Yeah. Okay. You want me to go first? No, no, no. I'll go first. Okay. Um, Masters first. Is that too easy? Yeah. No, that's, I mean, I called the open my favorite moment of the year, but I can also at the same time admit that the Masters was the best major of the year. My number two is Beth Page, PGA. I kind of agree. My number three is Pebble, the US Open. And my number four, again, not the moment, but just the major. My number four is the Open Championship. Much love to Shane Lowry and to um, you know the 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 joy that was being at Royal Portrush and the course was amazing. But like, I felt myself throughout the Open Championship asking for more wind, asking for more rain. Uh, we got to see some some stellar. Uh, performances throughout the first couple of rounds, but on Sunday it really was a little bit of an 18 hole coronation. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we can, we can get into the nitpicks. I want to hear yours, but yeah, my order is masters PGA U S open open. Okay. So, so you want me to start like right after that point? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I think masters masters number one. And I think not just, my my issue with a lot of this stuff is like I only remember what happened on Sundays and like I just block the other three days out for whatever reason and so it's interesting to go back do you know who led after day one at the Masters Charlie Hoffman co-leaders after day one Charlie Hoffman (laughs) (laughs) no blind blind response to who was leading uh, after day one, Who's- I'm, a, I'm actually going to read you the top 10 because it's kind of, it's kind of unbelievable. All right. Bryson and Brooks co-led the masters after day one. Is that real? 
They both shot 66. Do you know who was third? Who? Phil. Yes! Oh, my gosh. Oh, magical. So Phil shot 67, DJ and Poulter shot 68, and then Barnrat, Justin Harding, Kevin Kisner, John Rahm, Adam Scott all shot 69. That's um, unbelievable. Do you remember? That's cra- I mean, well, that's do, crazy. do you remember? Uh, so Tiger shot 70. So it, yeah, it, Tiger, Tiger went 70, 68. Okay. And 70, 68 put him. Uh, he, he was T6 on Friday night. The co-leaders on Friday, Jason Day, Kepka, Molinari, Ustazen, and Adam Scott. I, I think the point of that I'm trying to make here is the, the leaderboard throughout the entire Masters was, was sick. It was awesome. And that's a good and point I, to make because part of the reason I liked the Masters was for the final leaderboard and how stellar it was. And it's good to remember that you had like some of the world's best golfers all within like three to four strokes of the lead for basically the entire tournament. Yeah. I do remember that part of it. I, I didn't remember the the names that were up there, but I do remember it being an awesome board throughout. So I go Masters one. I go... Uh, I, I, I think I go PGA too because Sunday was so it was it was really wild for a while. Like I, I think it's easy to forget because we we'll we'll look back on that board and be like, oh yeah, Kepka just kinda, you know, wire to wire and sixty three on Thursday and he just kinda cruised on he did not cruise on Sunday. There was no cruising going on. Now he was awesome at the end, but it got pretty it got pretty frenetic there for a couple hours, which was awesome. I loved that part of it. So I guess I go that too, and then I'd go open three. I thought you had a bunch of like moments. You had the Rory thing. You had Lowry on Saturday. You had Lowry on Sunday. Uh, you had the weather on Sunday. It, it wasn't look. It wasn't the best open ever. It wasn't. It was actually one of the worst of the decade, which. We'll get into this in a minute, but I thought it was still really good. And then I'll go U.S. Open 4, which is weird because I really liked it. And you had probably 45 minutes on Sunday where it was just bonkers when Kepko was five under through like six holes or whatever. And you're like, he's probably going to shoot like a 60 to win the U.S. Open. Right. Um, but I don't know. I could be I, – I can't. After the Masters, I could I could easily argue any of those the the next three in any order. I find it harder. Uh, I find it harder to advance the the open. I could I could switch out my U.S. Open and Open, but I really really liked the PGA at Bethpage. I thought it was so fun and the the like back and forth that we had like wasn't sunday on pga when did varner play with kepka yeah he had blown out to sea <laughs> um vaporized I mean, because what i was trying to remember was dj was one to two groups ahead and yeah. there was that uh there there was that hanging in the balance of you know kepka Start. Uh, there's a there's a, a moment where it looks like DJ is going to be able to make a run at him, and all of that uh, tension between those two. You know, even in the context of of that moment, we're coming off of 
you know, the masters where, where Dustin Johnson was right up there on the leaderboard and, and you and I had that, uh, that talking point, which clearly did not play out positively over the rest of the, over the rest of the major championship season, but it was almost wondering aloud uh, amidst all of this Brooks Kepka love, does Dustin Johnson get a little kick? Like, does he get a little, wait, wait, wait a second. Uh, you yeah. know, does, does he find um, some sort of motivation or an edge to be able to elevate his level of play? Master suggested it did. And the PGA championship also suggested it was there. And that's only what has led to the disappointment in his performances since then. But I loved being able to play up that Brooks DJ storyline and watch it unfold on a Sunday at a major again for like the third time in five in a five major run uh, right there at Beth Page Black, a, a course like that. Yeah, so you had Friday night, you had Kepka 12 under, 63-65 to start. Adam Scott and Jordan Spieth were seven back each. And then DJ was eight back. And then Saturday night, after three rounds, you had Kepka at 12. He shot 70 on Saturday. You had DJ Lukelist, Harold V, and uh, Jazzy J. Jazz Jana Wananan. I think I got that right. Uh, at five under, they were seven back. You've got a the way that you remember uh, Jazzy's last name is it's make them say uh, John Wananand. <laughs> There's an extra a n that otherwise you'll just try to speed through to get to the end of the word. John Wananand. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it was a, it was it was a tough scene for some. Some people trying to pronounce that on on the weekend, but um, so I think DJ was with Luke List on Sunday, and I think Jazzy J might have been with Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace was T six going into Sunday. Anyway, um, Sunday was I don't know, man. Like it wasn't the the I'm looking back, and this leaderboard wasn't as good as the U.S. Open or, or the Open in terms of names. Now. I think it's always pretty interesting when a superstar has a big lead and it, and it kind of goes badly for a while and then it goes good. I mean, it, it was a historic win just because of the run that Kepka's in. So right. I think that part matters. Like it, like that win was more important historically than Gary Woodland winning the U.S. Open. Right. If you're just talking about majors. Um, but it wasn't as good of a board as the U.S. Open or the Open Championship. When you were there, do you remember where, like, how you plotted your path for Sunday? Because I'm wondering if that's also a difference of perspectives where the television coverage gives a little bit more of a back and forth that probably plays into the drama of these two superstars that are not playing together, competing against each other on the leaderboard. Yeah, so even the Masters... I guess Masters, I went with Tiger. Was Tiger with... Uh, he was a group behind Kepka. I, w- I was just thinking that I might have gone with Kepka all three Sundays in the in the majors in the U.S., but I went Tiger on Sunday at the Masters. I went Kepka on Sunday at Bethpage, and I went Kepka on Sunday at uh, at Pebble. Which was, so also, I, which was also with Woodland. No, Kepka was ahead of Woodland. Oh, that's right. Woodland was with, uh, who was he with? I don't even remember. Rose? Did did you run back for his uh, chip from the fringe of the green? I did. So me and Urban Meyer were both running toward the 17th (laughs) green on Sunday. (laughs) 
Seriously. Uh, yeah, uh, Woodland was with Rose on Sunday. The 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 thing on seventeen was awesome. Like that was a legit cool moment. But I, it was never. I don't know. It just it was never like. Uh, well, I, I at the beginning of the round, it was like, oh, this is happening. Like Brooks is going to do this, but then it just kind of petered out the rest of the way. I I think Woodland's shot might be. Uh, what, all right, number one most impactful shot of major championship season is uh, is Frankie on twelve because yes. it has forever changed <laughs> the dynamics of the hierarchy. It looks like Molinari is going to go from winning a, a second straight major championship and then all of a sudden near, nearly gets lost uh, in Rays Creek for the next couple months. Uh, but I think Gary Woodland's chip from the fringe of the green might have been one of my favorite. Uh, shots from uh, from the May- 2019 major season. That's a that's a great call. Uh, it I'm was trying to such think a delicate like, shot, such a delicate shot with so much pressure, and he hit it perfectly. Yeah, I think that Kepka's shot into 18 at Bethpage on Sunday was was unbelievable. Remember, he hit it into the bunker off the tee. And he can't, he had no like he couldn't advance it to the green, so he kind of like pitches out, but he's got like seventy yards or something something weird like some weird number, and you're and it's like uphill and it's just it's hard and you're like how's this gonna go, and he just he just like sticks it to like three feet or something. I mean it was it, like like given the circumstances, given the elevation, given all these different things, it, it was an unbelievable shot. So that's up there. I, I think I think you're right though. I think Woodland's like chip off the green on 17 at Pebble is like if we think back on the major season, it's like which which shot will you most remember? Rory's tee shot at Portrush actually might be up there. Like the first, <laughs> the first one off the first tee. I mean, just in terms of like memorable moments. Not it's not a great one, but uh, that one's up there. Tiger into 11 at Augusta on Sunday where he's like way out to the right and he, and he like hooks one back, makes par there. And then Molinari hits it in the water on 12. I don't know. There's, there's not one like, like Spieth at the open in 17 or Spieth into 12 in fifth in uh, 16, but there are a handful that I'll, I'll definitely remember like five or six years from now. Coming up on the other side, looking back at some of our favorite majors and major moments from this decade and our perfect finish for the WGC at Memphis next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. 
Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Kyle. So what's you you just hinted at it before the break. What's what are some of your favorite majors of this last decade? Well, I need I needed your help. I, I I struggled through this list because so I went back last forty majors. So starting in twenty ten with Phil winning the Masters, I just kind of picked out my favorite one. So I'll, I'll read you this list, and I I need I need your help working through it to rank them. I, I just want to rank like the top three. I just want to end with the top three. So I got DJ sixteen U.S. Open. I got Molinari eighteen Open. I got uh, Spieth fifteen Masters. I got Spieth 17 open. I've got Phil 13 open. That was the Muirfield one. Mm-hmm. And I've got Rory 14 PGA. I listen. Gotta. I got. I gotta embody the. Uh, I gotta embody the the voice of what I believe Sean Martin is saying right now. And it's Kyle. You gotta throw out that Rory 14 PGA. No, it was unbelievable. That Sunday. What was re, re, refresh me? Put Bill, Phil, and Ricky are Phil and Ricky are fist bumping ahead of Rory, and uh, Ricky took the lead at one point. Thought he was going to get his first major, and then Rory. Uh, let's see here. He made an eagle on. Uh, hold on, let me close up. He made an eagle on ten, and just just melted the back nine to take his fourth major third tournament in a row so he he goes to 10 at uh at 12 under he played the first nine and one over he eagles 10 par par birdie 13 par 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 birdie 17 so he goes four under on the back nine to beat phil by one it's pretty good electric atmosphere yeah okay so, so he beats Phil by one. He beats Fowler by two. He beats Stinson by two. Um, now I look like Valhalla. Not it's not obviously Augusta. It's not Muirfield. Whatever. But just in terms of star power, that one was a memorable one. I thought just because you had Ricky and Phil there, you had Rory one in his fourth. It was it was pretty cool. So Phil thirteen is the sixty six final round. Yes. Um, yes. Phil's open. Speeth's 17 open and I don't I don't know if I would put Oakmont up there. So as as we're trying to narrow it down, like uh, I'm I am just constantly reminded of how much fun just like golf Twitter or like Slack workrooms are are you know uh you know text messages, G chats, whatever you got going on, the things that were happening as Jordan Spieth was on his way to the 2017 open championship, probably have that as one of my favorite, maybe it's recency bias, but from the list that you threw out there, I would probably make a case. If you're trying to get, if you're trying to walk out of this conversation with the top three, I think that you'd probably like to have some balance unless you want to go all opens, but I could go all opens for but, sure. But Phil 13 and speed 17 have without a doubt been some of my most fun uh, golf viewing experiences watching major championship golf across the last decade. I speed 17 was the one that like kept sticking in my head. And I think, I think that's unfair because I don't know that the rest of that tournament was great, but dude, doesn't, Sunday does was not matter. <laughs> Sunday was, it, it was like, and, and here, here's a little fallacy. Like 
for, for people that follow this stuff, like I think that like people think that I'm like jumping on top of my desk when stuff happens. Like I, I'm very much, and, and you know this and, and you do this as well. I'm very much like in the moment, like trying to like grind out notes and work and whatever. That was one time where I was like, st- like standing and like screaming in my, in my shed, in, in my, in my, in my office. I mean that, that, just just like the 30 minutes of those few holes and then the go get that I'll never forget that stuff. Ever. I mean that was unbelievable. Just the just just the just the highest level of like just moments you can have in a sporting event. So I I think 17 open is it for me. Not like not even remembering what happened on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Because there's also the um in that time, we've still got the like very real and very raw Spieth 16 sort of ghosts, right? You know who led on on Thursday of that open? Uh, Francesco Molinari. Brooks Koepka. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right though about the 16 thing and like he was he was honestly like and and he said this like 17 was the best year he's ever had statistically best iron player in the world best ball striker in the world that's as that's as good as Jordan Spieth has ever and maybe will ever play golf and I don't know man like Kucher's family flew over and his wife grabbed Spieth afterwards and said like we're so happy for you and it's like. Wow, that's it was just I don't know, man. It it was cool. It was a really cool open. We, because we go back to uh, the fifteen where he wins the Masters, wins the U.S. Open, makes the near nearly makes the playoff at the Open Championship, then goes head to head with Jason Day at the PGA Championship. You're like, wow, that fifteen Spieth was crazy. But man, the seventeen Spieth was so much more well rounded. It was so much more comfortable and you know yeah. what else it was so much less aw shucks go get that was a total shedding of whatever like young boyish charm was being forced onto the jordan spieth persona yeah it was sick uh by the way how tong lee bucked his head on sunday at that open shot 63 is is how is how the days of how tong lee is or his is it best bucking days in the past <laughs> He's only 23, Chip. Okay, good. He won the uh, he won the Turkish Airlines Open. Or no, he won the... What did he win? He won the Dubai Desert Classic last year. He lost in a playoff in the Turkish Airlines Open. Okay, because you, you know that I have been... Uh, I, I did become a little bit of a miniature... Uh, you got me on like... We did the podcast that was like a preview of the full Euro swing. And then I just mm-hmm. found myself... Shout out to... Uh, Brennan Porath, Andy Johnson. Like I found myself living that coffee golf life, like all through the Irish open, the Scottish open, just like, you know, I'm out here just citing the maiden Finland, Finland, Finnish classic (laughs) stats. Like I was, I was deep on the Euro, deep on the Euro tour. And I was looking for how talk Lee and I couldn't find him. I mean, I just, I, I go back to, so Kucher is one stroke ahead going to 14 in 2017. Uh, he's eight under, Spieth is seven under. Kucher plays the rest of the way in one under, and he gets beat by three. He gets smoked. 
Yeah, he got Sp- just speed vaporized. <laughs> speed like, oh man, he he it was crazy. It was it was it was legitimately, and like we were just coming off this. I don't even have the sixteen open on here. The Troon one with Stenson and Phil, right? The shootout, and and maybe I should, but I I mean. The opens have been nuts. Like they've been awesome. So I think seventeen open is my number one. Uh, I would agree on that. It was so funny when when I was doing the final leaderboard breakdown for the Open Championship. Like one of the just a just sort of. I mean, it is. I believe it is relevant information, but it's also stuff that you can kind of work on ahead of time as the round is concluding. I always like to sort of make notes. Like, oh, okay, like this player finished here. You know, this lines up with his other finishes at the open, blah, 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 blah. And I think it was Terrell Hatton where it was like, he was T five at the 16 open championship, <laughs> but we should note that he was a bajillion strokes behind the winner. I think, you, I think he legit lost by like 14, <laughs> but it's a top five. <laughs> That's a great, like not all top fives are the same, uh, Total. example right there. Total. Um, so yeah, that's my number one. I, I think my number two, I think two and three are probably uh, Spieth's fifteen Masters. That's tough because like it wasn't it wasn't super like crazy down the stretch, but it was so historic. That was the year that uh, that was the year that Phil hit the shot into fifteen and said, "Oh, I flushed that." Do you remember that? You've had me pull it up before on this it's podcast. So, it's so good. And Phil was in it and Rose was in it. So it was, it didn't, it certainly didn't. I think Charlie Hoffman was, I think he was probably in it, but it didn't lack for star power and obviously Spieth winning. Um, that one's up there, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would put it in my top three. I think Rory 14 PGA is in my top three. I know I'll get made fun of. I don't really care. And I think Phil's 13 open. I, I didn't I didn't properly like understand what was happening because that was my first I think that was my yeah, that was my first year covering golf. And I'm like trying to just like figure out who Rafa Cabrera Bayo is. Right. And like I didn't I didn't appreciate. I mean, that Sunday, Porath mentioned this the other day. That Sunday was, hold on, I'll, I'll pull up the leaderboard. That Sunday was nuts because you had so going into the the final round on Sunday, uh, Westwood was leading, Hunter Mahan and Tiger T two, Adam Scott, Angel Cabrera, Zach Johnson, Ryan Moore, Henrik Stenson T five, and then Phil and Molinari are T nine, and Phil goes sixty six to beat Stenson by three. But Poulter was in it. Poulter shot a 67, which was the second best round of the day. I think the only other round in the 60s that day. Uh, Hideki was in it. Tiger was right. I mean, it, it was just, it was crazy. And, and Phil played his last six and four under. I mean, it, it was the best round of his life. The best, the single best round of golf he's ever played. And uh, it was pretty cool. It, the, the one knock on that that open is that the last hour was like, well, it's over. I guess we got to watch Tiger finishes 75. Oh. So you didn't, it was like kind of weird. It was kind of awkward. Um, but I don't know. That one's up there for me. Oh, gotta be right. Oh man, that wasn't the, oh, I flushed it. 
I was waiting for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you'd be. This might be a surprise, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of Phil Mickelson shots on the internet where they've <laughs> they've tried to clip it because he said something entertaining, mic'd up. So I'll go. I'll go seven. This is uh, this is like really like did not put a ton of thought into this, but I'll go 17 open is my number one of the decade. Okay. 14 PGA is my number two and 13 open is my number three. Seems appropriate to me. What did I, what did I, did I miss anything? I mean, least memorable of the decade. Well, I mean, you did not include the 2019 masters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. When, when, when Finau and Molinari put that thing in the drink and Tiger Woods is like, this thing is in the middle of the green. That's when you knew it was on. Yeah. I, or near, or nearly acing number 16. Yeah. That was crazy. You know what else is up there for me? 16, 16 masters. So the speed meltdown just because it was, I mean, it wasn't obviously wasn't great, but it was so crazy. Like I love just just anything that's crazy, and that was crazy. Uh, Fifteen open is was really really good. It was kind of awkward also because it ended on Monday, uh, but Spieth took the Spieth took the slam to the seventieth hole of the open, which was which was just ludicrous. And then he he hits that he bogeys the road hole and then hits the terrible tee shot on on eighteen. Um, Least memorable of the decade, probably Jimmy Walker at Baltusrol, 16 PGA. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Only because our former colleague and uh, always friend, Robbie Calland, that was the one major he got to go to in person, and he was so <laughs> excited for it. And it was Jimmy Walker when in Baltusrol. <laughs> uh, I don't have any Akepkas in there. Uh, this, the Reed masters was pretty good because Spieth had a shot at shooting like 61 and Ricky played well. Ricky played great. Uh, Rory was playing in the final pairing. That was, that was a, that was a good one. Duffner in 13 was pretty not memorable. Do you um, remember Rory almost like smack talk? Cause Rory went low Saturday to make the final pairing and Rory was like, well, all the pressure's on him. I just need to go play golf. Yeah, that was a great, that was a fun weekend deal. And then Rory missed a three footer for Eagle on two. It was probably wasn't three feet, but it was, it was short. Um, yeah, no, I, I think you got a good list and now it's it, time. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, <laughs> what's your number one? Just, just, you don't have to give me a list. Just give me your, your most memorable 19. I, I mean, uh, 17 open is my favorite. 19 is the, the most significant because it's probably Tiger Woods last major win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, and it was early. It was weird. Uh, my, uh, my parents were over here at the house. I was doing nonstop, uh, HQ updates like every 30 minutes. So I was like, uh, fam- family was all around. Everybody was watching. I'm I'm running from the studio back to the living room and like also trying to live blog all at the same time. I mean, it was madness, and it ended up with Tiger Woods winning. I think the big tournament winner of the decade was the Open. Mm. Well, golf pu- golf purists know it's th- it's the championship. Ustazen, Darren Clark, Ernie Els, 
Phil in, at Muirfield, Rory at Hoylake, ZJ at St. Andrews, Stinson and Phil shoot out. Spieth, go get that. Molinari beats Rory Spieth and Tiger on Sunday. And then Shane Lowry wins in our, in Northern Ireland. Yeah, Shane Lowry does it for the whole damn island. Yeah, it was, it was, a, great, it was a great decade for the Open. Great decade for the Open. And now it's time for our perfect finish brought to you by Amstel Light every single week. Uh, with our partners from Amstel Light, we are trying to project, predict, conjure up the perfect finish. We've got the WGC at Memphis going on this week. It is a no-cut event. Some of the best players in the world. No Tiger, no Molinari, no Shane Lowry, no Ricky Fowler, uh, but all the other big dogs are right there in the mix. So Kyle, what is your perfect finish for the WGC at Memphis? Nobody's talking about this. My perfect finish, Matthew Wolf getting another win, two out of four. Wow, another? Fastest player ever to two wins on the PGA Tour. Um, gets him into like real conversations about, you know, being a major favorite, being on the Ryder Cup team, just different stuff like that. Because right now it's like, okay, yeah, great. He he won as a rookie. You know, this is a this is a big deal. But if he wins a WGC following the 3M Open, then all of a sudden you're you're you have to start talking about him in a in a very different light. Um, so that'd be, and he's coming, he, like as weird as this is, he's coming in like way under the radar just because everybody's talking about major fallout and Lowry and Rory and Kepka and, and, you know, Tiger not playing all this different stuff. And it's like, Hey, wait a second. Matthew Wolf's in the field. Right. So I, I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I, I think him winning would be, uh, it would be crazy, but yeah, that's my perfect finish. So what does that do for Matthew Wolf and the, the, like the rest of the season, you know, does, does all of a sudden he wins this event and then you're looking at him as someone who is going to like, just go on a nice little run here where as everyone else is running out of gas and sort of fading by the wayside and, and starting to think about other things, Wolf's just going to start taking everyone's cookies. Well, that's, that's kind of what we talked <laughs> That's kind of what we talked about with JT, right? Right. It's like, he's got a, a, a tank left that maybe some other guys don't. And now I don't think that Wolf is in JT's class right now, but in terms of energy and motivation, I mean he's got to be like way ahead of. I mean, who's more motivated to play great golf right now, Brooks Kepka or Matthew Wolf? Last year, Bryson DeChambeau ran off a couple of wins because he was hot and he was playing good golf, and it seemed to be one of those situations where he was uniquely dialed in to that in a way that maybe the rest of the field was not. And that is really what's kind of hatched this theory where I can buy into Matthew Wolf and where I'm, I'm predicting, uh, as we mentioned before, my pick to win this week is Justin Thomas in that same sense. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, he played the John Deere, but I'm excited to see him in this sort of group of like just the best 50 guys in the world or the best 46 or whatever. Um, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. But yeah, he he's my he's my perfect finish uh, pick this weekend. And that has been the perfect finish brought to you by Amstel Light. At the end of any round, you know what the perfect finish is? It's it's in a nice bottle of Amstel Light. All right, Kyle. Uh, that about brings us to a conclusion. WGC Memphis recap. I believe uh, 
I'm not going to be able to make it. So it'll be uh, you and you and Mark Immelman holding it down. Yep. Should be fun. Uh, only a couple of events left before the playoffs, Chip. Pretty crazy. Do you have your uh, do Do you have your your full math calculator set up? Like you're <laughs> you're ready to start calculating in real time, projected points added and well, subtracted. We keep forgetting about this, but the the tour championship is. Uh, remember how they're starting this year with like the whoever's in first starts at ten under. Oh my gosh! Did you forget about that? <laughs> yes, I did. It's going to be great. Somebody brought this up on Twitter to me and said, what if Tiger's 82nd win to tie Sam Snead comes in, like, but he doesn't win the, like, like, he, like, wins the tournament, but he doesn't because he started at a deficit? Like, how awkward is that going to be? Oh, <laughs> okay we got <laughs> i'm i'm stirring I'm, I'm a flutter right now with emotion okay we will be getting into this over the next several weeks for sure he is kyle porter you can follow him on twitter at kyle porter cbs you can follow me at chip underscore patterson kyle thank you very much thanks chip <laughs>